number of Beaver players, and we've got quite a few still on rosters, including almost a not so much a surprise to him, to Nashawn Wright himself, but I think a bit of a surprise to a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans, maybe even a lot of people that do the mock drafts and study you know, what people were going to do in the draft last year. There was some rhetoric to the effect that the Cowboys wasted their the 99th pick in the draft on really? taking Nashawn Wright. Who, what, why? But the Cowboys, as the articles have gone along in the Cowboys training camp during the summer, and the preseason games, I've seen articles on their literature to the effect of Nashawn Wright may turn out to be a steal. <laughs> and he made the roster. I don't know if he started any preseason games or not. I did hear at one point the phrase, Nashawn Wright starting for the Dallas Cowboys. He's listed at number two at a corner on the Cowboys' opening depth chart tonight against Tampa Bay. We have just talked more NFL football right there than maybe we <laughs> have in any segment all year, but I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the kid, and he became an intriguing story on a national level because mm -hmm. of the outstanding show Netflix uh, produced called Last Chance You, in which Nishan and his brother Ray Jean and a guy coming in for Hawaii, a wide receiver wearing number 25, Dior Scott with the Rainbow Warriors, featured prominently in the show. John Beam, the head coach at Laney, was quite the personality himself in the show, the last edition of Last Chance You. So John was kind enough to, when, when we were piecing together the final segments of the show, he said, yeah, I've got a window of time, and I'd be happy to join you around 11.20. So we're going to talk to John about Nishan with the Dallas Cowboys tonight, Coach Beam's own level of any sense of surprise, pride, mm -hmm, sure. saw it coming, knew that that kind of talent was in him. John's coached a lot of people at Laney and at Skyline High who have gone on to the National Football League. But not only Nishan and the arc of his career, but Rajon, who I thought, I, David Bell is just flat out good. I have yeah. to give the Purdue receiver credit. He's good. But Rajon broke up a couple of passes intended for him. Mm -hmm. I thought in the end zone, he, he might have gotten away early. It looked like he might have been slightly draped around Bell, but got away with it. Mm -hmm. A physical corner with length and size. So we'll talk to John about Rajon and the fact that Rajon and Dior Scott might find themselves matched up against one another and their former teammates at Laney College and Last Chance U. So Coach Beam coming up in a few minutes here in the first hour and help us preview both tonight's NFL game in an indirect way yeah. and the Beavers in Hawaii in a more direct way for Saturday. And I then count Ashley Adamson and Bobby Curran, the 30-year 30 32nd-year voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors wow, next hour. Wow. I count 20 possible players in the NFL. This is off of uh, the uh, the media release before the Purdue game for Oregon State. And I know a lot of things change. You look at Artavis Pierce and uh, Ryan Nall. They got cut, but then within a day got put back onto <laughs> practice squads, but uh, uh, upwards of 20 potential players in the NFL. I say potential because of cuts and movement that I haven't paid attention to in the last six days in the NFL. But Josh Andrews, Victor Bolden Jr., Blake Brandell, Brandon Cooks with the uh, Texans, Isaiah Dunn, 
Sean Harlow, Isaiah Hodgins. I know Isaiah got cut from Buffalo, but I think he was immediately signed back. And we'll call them Beavers in the NFL yeah. if they're in, on a practice squad. So upwards of 20, Kyle Pecco, Stephen Nelson, Sean Mannion again, but he, he got cut. Uh, Hamika Rashid, Mike Remmers, Isaac Samalu. Is he still going to start? Is he... Is Do he not with? No, haven't looked at that. With the Eagles, I don't know uh, <laughs> as far as the where all these different players are or how many managed to make it after the initial cutdown, which was a week ago, and they did get it down to fifty-three. So no, there's uh, we don't talk NFL, but when we do, we you know we'll talk Beavers in the mm-hmm. NFL. Romy did make a a pretty interesting play on the fluctuating line tonight. I just I, I think about. What could be ahead for Nishan Wright at some point, when I think about how young he is beginning his career in the league, he may indeed be covering a receiver for Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady's about to drop back and throw a pass. <laughs> Nishan doesn't lack for confidence in most cornerbacks, most people who play corner. Mm-hmm. You better have You better have it. You better think that. Nobody can beat you, and that right. you're the best, and that you're the next Richard Sherman, and all of the some of the things that have been applied to Nishan, and supreme self-confidence, but not more in a dizzy dean kind of way than a than a arrogant off-putting kind of way. Dizzy, dizzy would talk about I'm the greatest that's ever come. You know, it, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. Dizzy was endearing in a sense, and when in certain players carry themselves even if they're saying things that would just on the face of it look like oh my gosh what is this who does this guy think he is right right nishan in the short time that we had and life and its restrictions and so on prevented uh, the kind of interaction we used to have with some of the players here i liked him and the coaches liked him and and yet he's always I think the reason that he is, keeps climbing the ladder, and we'll talk to Coach Beam about it here in a few minutes and talk about Nishan's brother, Rajon, who to me looks like he might be in some ways as skilled, good, talented, if not better in, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. where, where he's going to go with his career. Nishan at times might act as though he you know, who can teach me anything. I'm the greatest now, and I've already got it all figured out, but the game humbles him enough. He is coachable enough that no matter what kind of experience he's had, he comes back in ready to go to work and ready to get better yeah. and thus learns. I mean, tonight he may get he may get some reps against Tom Brady in his NFL debut, and I just think that's a, that's a cool Oregon State story. And John Beam, a big part of that story, will join us here in a moment. With Ashley, John, I'm looking forward to talking to her about I didn't see any of the Pac-12 Network's coverage. I don't know if you watched any of it, but they had a presence, a la the old days, right yeah. down the road for the game between Oregon and Fresno State with a, a show they called Pac-12 Tailgate, followed by the Pac-12 pregame. I think Ashley was on site there with Nick Aliotti and Nigel Burton. And, and I wanted to visit with Ashley about that and where they're, you know, where they're going to be taking their show as they hit the road again, but also just some of the main storylines coming out of the Pac-12 and her thoughts about uh, how those stories and storylines will be covered this year as the Pac-12 Networks survives and, and yeah. in some sense, <clears throat> thriving even in the midst of some challenges to uh-huh. its whole 
structure and, and existence going forward in the new era and George Klyovkov and what, what that all portends for the networks and the new media rights that will be negotiated in the next couple of years. Ashley's always been one of the solid rocks and one of the original voices on the Pac-12 networks, and she'll join us at 12.05. Bobby Curran with Hawaii, the play-by-play person for football and basketball for 32 years. And we're kind of doubling down on Hawaii stuff, but Stephen Sai, I enjoyed him, but he was difficult, quite honestly, yeah. to, to hear. And I think Bobby can fill in some of those blanks later in the show. No, that'll be fun. Uh, I guess if you're... If you reach your dream job, and in our business, that's the dream job, is either a pro voice or a vo- voice of a college where you can be doing all your favorite sports, if it's Hawaii, uh, I, I, imagine you, I imagine you stay for 32 years. He's been there for 32. It's a good, it's a good place to live. Um, for the Pac-12 and Ashley Adamson, curious to know what it's like without you know getting in trouble or giving up any information, perhaps, uh, but just like the changeover, and and do you feel if there's this positive fo- going forward because they're going to be re- renegotiating a new deal, they have to keep some people to keep some of these shows going. So even though they cut way down, like everybody else, you got to keep your your main core, and they did. So they're doing these shows. They had a very busy weekend last weekend with all those Pac-12 games. Yeah, five of them. So they're still going. But is it kind of a only upward mobility now, and, and how potentially exciting is it now with new leadership? Yeah. And unfortunately for us, fortunately we're going to be having a great time at the glass band tomorrow. But there's media availabilities that we're going to miss. And we, we might need to talk with our, our guy TJ because George Klayovkov is yes. going to be made available, I think, at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. He is. He is. And, and in town here. And Jade Carey's having a media availability, right. too. There's a, and, by the way, the first chance to really see Jade outside the media, I believe, is going to be right out of the gate with us at 6 o'clock. Ron Callen, Jim Wilson, Steve Priest in front of Gill Coliseum. So we encourage you, we invite you to come join us. Even if you don't have tickets to the game but want to come and, and give Jade uh, the, the proper sort of welcome to Beaver Nation and standing ovation and cheering from the the area in front of the Gill Coliseum yeah. entrance. The block party is there, and Jade's going to appear on our network pregame show right out of the gate at 6 o'clock when you guys are done across the street at the Beaver Store. Jade will be introduced to, we hope many of you, uh, assembling in front of the steps at Gill uh, 6 o'clock. You're right. There are some media availabilities. Our presence at the Glassman will tell you more about that as we go today. Excited about our road show tomorrow. But we'll get things covered. T.J. Mathewson will find a way. We will find a way. There must be a way, Jack Weston said in a new leaf. There must be a way. Mathow, there is no way. Weston, there must be a way. Mathow, there is no way. There must be. But it it turned out Weston was wrong, but in this case, Weston would be right. There must be a way. There will be a way. It'll be the T.J. way, we hope, tomorrow. (laughs) Let's take a break. We'll come back with John Beam, Laney College with... A lot of pride, I'm sure, watching NFL football tonight and the Beaver-Hawaii game Saturday. The coach at Laney College, Last Chance U, John Beam, joins us next, 1240 Joe Radio. 
Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. Hi, this is Dave from Tom Water. WSU Press, yep, that's the Cougs, has just published my latest book, Lewis and Clark Reframed. In Lewis and Clark Reframed, we will examine how the famous American expedition was influenced by the British explorers, James Cook, George Vancouver, and Alexander Mackenzie, all of whom preceded Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Northwest. Order Lewis and Clark Reframed from WSU Press, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. Showers or baths? Which do you prefer? Hi, this is Katie with Albin's Plumbing. You deserve a bathroom that fits you, whether that be a walk-in shower or a luxurious soaker tub. Let Albin's Plumbing handle your bathroom remodel from beginning to end. Then all you have to do is turn on the water and relax. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at alirica.net. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs. Online at middletonheating.net. We had our first opportunity to visit with our next guest last year. While Netflix's outstanding series, Last Chance U, Season 5, focusing on Laney College and the program of head coach John Beam, who joins us here this morning to get us rolling on the Joe Beaver Show. Such a well-done show. Fascinating and I think very uh, apropos for Beaver Nation in that the Wright brothers, Nishan and Rajan, featured prominently in it. Both end up coming to Oregon State and Rajon committing to the Beavs, and I, I love his game. I thought he did a nice job against David Bell. We'll get the coach's evaluation here in a moment. But John Beam himself featured prominently, and I thought uh, quite impressively in uh, the show Last Chance You. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome the legendary coach who's had a 90% graduation uh, rate and uh, transfer rate at uh, Laney College, 
sending uh, people on to Division I schools, graduation and transfer rates at Laney through his uh, Hall of Fame career there. Former coach at Skyline, began coaching down in San Diego at Serra. We're going to get to the more immediate, and that is tonight, Nishan, one of his former players, on the 53, enlisted at number two at corner for the Dallas Cowboys against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And then this Saturday, I'm sure Coach Beam will be watching closely as the Beavers host Hawaii. Rajon may end up covering uh, Dior. We'll see. It's a pleasure to welcome Coach John Beam back to the Joe Beaver Show. Coach, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on, Coach. And Let's just jump right in. When I just mentioned some of those guys, and there's so many others you've coached, mentored, helped in their lives, who've gone on to great things, whether on the football field or not. But tonight, when I say Nishan Wright, Dallas Cowboy corner, may get some reps against Tom Brady, what does that mean to you as a former coach of his? Oh, I mean, it's awesome. We had, we had talked last week and a little bit about it, you know, and the biggest thing I try to tell them is, look, football is football, whether it's your, you know, when you played East Bay Warriors or at Logan High School, Laney, Oregon State, and now the Cowboys, it's still football. Don't get caught up in all the hype, you know. And he said, he said he probably will for the first second and two when he sees Tom Brady, you know, but after that it's all about business, right? Um, and, it, you know, I think it's always going to be that. Your eyes open up, right? Oh, my God, biggest stage. But don't forget the field's still 100 yards long, 53 wide. That didn't change. Coach, when you got him and coached him and saw him and worked with him, did you sense or see, I mean, you've coached a lot of guys who've gone on to the league. Did you see that in Nishan, and how did that process go in coaching him and helping him through Laney and to get to Oregon State and now into the league? I think the biggest thing to remember when he, when he came to me was a receiver, and he had one small flaw to receiver at the time. He wasn't catching the ball. <laughs> so, right? And then he, he jammed his finger, and there were some issues going on, and so he disappeared for a while. And that's when his father was shot and killed, right? And so since I found out that next morning I went to, he was staying at his cousin's house, um, another kid that played for us as a running back at, at uh, University of New Mexico. And, you know, I just basically, I had to get him up. I said, you know, is this what your dad wanted from you? This was, was this his dream of you, sitting laying on your butt, not doing anything, or doing something different? He said, no, Coach, that's not what my dad wanted. And so him and his brother both were sitting there. You know, here it is, like, 8, 9 in the morning, either were at school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And both of them got up, and, you know, uh, for Mashaan, Shani, he never missed again, right? He came, came to Laney, was ready to roll, everything was set up. So it was great, you know, for us. And for him, boy, you know, but I think it's just remembering that life goes on, right? And you got to get going. So I didn't know that. But that spring, we moved him to corner, or to safety, and in the corner. And, you know, anybody that long that could run that well, he got a chance to at least be divisional. But I never thought he'd be an NFL player. I don't think anybody's going to be an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think huh. it's just so much involved in that. But you go, you look at him, I think he can be a good division one player. And he was. That, that's interesting. That's very interesting because you, you'd think that every once in a while, Coach, a guy would come along that, for whatever reasons, whether it be grades or whatever, they're absolutely NFL material that you can see it right away. They just have to straighten out a few other things. But for you to say that, that, it's, that it's so complicated, that must just speak to the, the, the gravity, the greatness of, of uh, reaching that level, right? 
Oh, it is. I mean, there's so much more involved than just talent, right? It's your whole mental makeup, right? It's the, the things that, that can just derail your life at any minute, like, you know, having your dad shot and killed and, you know, struggling with mental health issues, right? Um, I think we just discount it, right? I've seen guys that could jump and run and catch, you name it all, right? They couldn't get out of high school. Um, so I think people are too quick to throw a label, oh, he's a Sunday player. And then there's a lot more involved to be a Sunday player. John Beam joining us, the Hall of Fame coach from Laney College and other stops along the way, working with young men for decades, both in Southern and Northern California, and influencing their lives in such a big way as, as he just alluded to with uh, Nishan. Saturday night, the Beavers host Hawaii, and you've got, I mean, there's several connections here to Laney with you and the program here at Oregon State and with Hawaii, but tell us a little bit about Rajon and, and if you watched him against Purdue, what your thoughts were as he went up against an All-American receiver in David Bell. So here's the thing, right? Just like we talked about earlier, right? In every sense of the way, when Ray and Shani were both here at the same time, that, that in 18 when we were the number one team in the country, at practice, you would go, oh, you know, Ray's got it all. Shani's still struggling to learn, right? But it wasn't true. Ray had a lot of issues he had to deal with, right? You know, cockiness, you know, focusing on things, right? So last year, you know, I would have thought, oh, he's going to show up at Oregon State and him and his brother are going to start at corners together. He didn't. I thought, I thought a lot of things happened last year for the good for Ray. You know, he got humbled a little bit. He learned about work, and it's just not showing up to play. And look at how he's transformed his body. You know, my nickname for for Shawnee and Ray was Stick and Pole, right? <laughs> and I just laughed last time. I said, neither of them look like Stick and Pole as much. But definitely, Ray definitely doesn't look like a pole anymore. He's got mm-hmm. some guns going on. Yeah. But he's pretty happy, right? And I think that was the best thing that could have happened. He got humbled last year. He learned, you know, got himself in the book, you know, as far as um, the playbook and get going. And then remember... You know, he was a, not a high school qualifier, and we struggled to get him out of here at the end. He got out of he got out of lady after three semesters. He got an A degree, but you know it was a struggle. And then he goes to Oregon State, and now he's in Corvallis. He got a four point oh, three eight, a three five in his quarters. I'm like, man, this guy is figuring it out. And that's why I said you can't say a guy's a Sunday player because there's so many other things that have to be figured out. But right now, he's moving himself in a path to do it. Right, he's, his play is. It's just going to get better. He's a natural corner. And now that he can put his other stuff together mentally, you know, and know what to do on the field at what situation, watch what he can do. Yeah, and you touched on the bigger picture of stuff, which I appreciate, John, just from a pure football standpoint, if you watched the Beavers at Purdue, he was going up against a guy that may be as good as he'll see all year. I know there's other good ones coming, but David Bell is real, right? I mean, so... How did you feel Rajon, generally speaking, handled himself in that uh, opportunity if you saw it back in West Lafayette? I just saw a few clips here and there, right? And what I saw, of course, you know, they're going to put up his best clips. You know, so the yeah. best clips look good. <laughs> so, I didn't think it was a bad clip. That, that, he didn't show me those. Right, right. Well, hey, Coach, you, you've got so many guys that do go on, whether it be major college or, or to the pros. So you're – your Saturdays and Sundays, basically, depending on the relationship, I can't imagine you having anything to do other than watching these guys play collegiately on Saturday and the pros on Sunday. 
for the entire football season because so many kids have come through your your teachings. You know, I think that's true, but when we're in our own season, we barely can come up to breathe sometimes. And now I have a granddaughter, my first grandchild. So when I do come up to breathe, I want to hang out with her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the beauty is, you know, I call and I try to check in with them. Social media gives me clips. They put up their clips. You know what I mean? And we talk. So I haven't had a chance to talk to Ray yet um, for this game, but I've talked to, you know, Dior and Jared you know, about the upcoming game. And I talked with Marco and Josh because they didn't quite have the success they were hoping for in the first game, right, against Purdue. So I just want to make sure they were feeling good about themselves and knowing that it's a process and, that, you know, it's a grind. You know, things aren't easy. Right? You just got to keep working. When you mentioned Jared and Dior, now Dior got a lot of camera time in uh, Last Chance U, if I remember. It's been a while since I've sat down and watched the series. When we talked to you, it was all fresh in my mind last year, Coach. But Dior's story is a pretty powerful one, too. Tell us a little bit about that, how the Netflix kind of grabbed that story and went with it. And, and I remember him ending up at Hawaii. What a great kind of culmination it was. But it took a lot for him to get there, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, I think what, what, it, what it showed, right, is that the real struggles that happened, right? When we, when I say we, when people watch TV, whether it's the NFL or, you know, Division One football, and we see these young men out there, you know, in this element, and they go, oh, wow, they got it so easy. But what Netflix did in Last Chance U, it really showed the reality. You go to a California community college, you're, you're pulling yourself out of the mud, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're struggling. They're, they're not only taking 18 units of academic classes, going to practice every day, right? We're, on, we're meeting at 1 o'clock. We get off the field at about 5.30, 5.45. So they've been with us almost, you know, six hours, five hours. Then they got to go home and work to pay bills. And in Dior's case, going home meant that there really wasn't a home, right? There was nights he had to sleep in his car. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. You know, food insecurity, housing insecurity, right? Those are reality in, in a community like Oakland. And so for Dior had to overcome a lot of those things, and it showed up on this screen for millions of people around the world to see. Uh, but I see it every day, right? It's not Dior's life story that everybody saw on Netflix last chance too. Unfortunately, it's not an exception. It's more of a rule. What about Jared Smart story, which I don't remember per se. Maybe he had moved on by the time Netflix showed up for to document your season, but the 2019 season. But tell me about Jared, whom we will also see, number 23, Jared Smart, number 25, Dior Scott, for Hawaii Saturday night here at Reeser Stadium. What about Jared's story, Coach? Well, going into the 2020 season, right, he was a Lidnikoff watch list, right? And uh, he was he was our leading receiver in 2018 when we won the state championship and number team in the country. And, you know, he's got great pedigree, right? His dad... You know, or is smart, you know, hit the win bucket to uh, help Indiana win a national uh, yes. championship at Anna Rice, dad coaching the NBA. And that's the extreme shit, right? You get, you know, Jared grew up with two parents that are really right there, you know, supporting him all the time, right? Whereas George didn't have anybody, in essence, supporting his mom was living out of state and he, he was estranged from his dad. Ray and Sonny's dad was shot and killed. They're driving two hours to come. 
And yet here's Jared right around the corner from Laney, in essence, you know, 30 minutes away, living in a, in a nuclear family that we know of the two parents, right, and a dog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but yet they all want the same thing, right, to earn a scholarship, to be able to put themselves there. Jared's a heck of a receiver. And I want to see both him and Dior battle with, you know, Ray this, on Friday night. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Do those guys notice, I mean, do they see these stories, like you talk about having the, the, the nuclear family player and then, you know, Nishan and Rajon having their situation? That's got to be a real big life lesson for them while they're living it out as teammates. Absolutely. And the one thing is that's interesting, right, and you see this all the time, there's a bond that occurs, right? When you look at, when you look at what happens in a locker room, right, People from all different walks of life, not even, you know, based on color, religion, things like that, but simply socioeconomic, right? You learn to be a family, a brotherhood, right? And so Dior and those guys would spend time at Jared's house. They used to crack, they used to tell me, like, they go, Coach, do you know what a pantry is? I go, yeah. He goes, they go, oh, Jared has a pantry. I go, okay, most people have a pantry. Not in my house, we don't have a pantry, <laughs> right? And I, and I go, okay, so what's a pantry? They go, it's this big room, Coach. It looks like 7-Eleven in there. They got everything <laughs> in there. And, and Jared's mom lets us go in there, and we can get whatever we want. You know, so, again, simple things like that, right? And so, you know, Jared's mom and dad were always open to these young people to come and stay over, eat, whatever it took, right, to help, you know, them reach their goals. And it kind of goes to the cliche of it takes a village to raise a child, Right. And so when you come to a place like Laney, that village becomes even bigger now. Head coach uh, John Beam of Laney College joining us for a few more minutes here on the Joe Beaver Show. Coach, when you look back at the at what Netflix did and Last Chance You, are you pleased that you opened your doors to them? How challenging was that to work around? Are, do you think they did a nice job in handling the stories of some of these, uh, the Wright brothers, Dior, et cetera, did they do a good job from your standpoint? Well, what they did is, you know, that's the truth, right? I mean, uh, you kind of wonder sometimes about all the film they didn't show, right? So think about it. We watched we watched uh, eight episodes an hour long, let's say, right? Eight hours. They filmed six to seven hours a day, six days a week for two and a half months. How much film did they leave on the floor, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it, it was a, a true portrayal. There were some things I wish they showed some more of, but, you know, it was a story that they told and how they wanted to tell, which was fine, right? They told the story of the city of Oakland. They told the story of, you know, how my family's truly involved. My wife and I are very involved with the young men and women that I teach and coach over the years, right? Um, and I thought that was really good. And then, they, you know, the struggle that these young men are going through. So I think all of that was really um, out there for everybody to see, you know. Um, and, you know, I hope people liked it, right? Um, they liked it, go back and watch some more of it. Not that I get a residual, but it would be nice if I did. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. And I have, like, could, could uh, uh, you know, Ray and Dior and Lou and, and RJ gotten some money with the NIL, but right. oh well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, coach, was there any part of it at any point where, oh, I sound like that? I said that? Did any your wife or anybody try to say, honey, you didn't, you know, I mean, was there anything about it that was almost surprising to see yourself showcased in the way you were? No, because, you know what, the one thing I wanted to do, and I think it was kind of a running joke beforehand, you know, like, this is who I am, right? 40, this is my 42nd year of coaching. I'm not going to hide who I am, mm-hmm. right? But my language is a little crisp. It's a little crisp. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, but it is who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people compare me to the other guys less, whatever. I'm like, that's great. But this is this is John Beam. I didn't want to change who I am at all. And I think the biggest compliment I got from the people that know me well, that you know, either coached with me, played for me, or my actual family was, well, that's you, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's pretty – I think that was evident on that part. So I'm okay I, with that. I think the other guy cussed way more than you did. <laughs> hey, what I wonder, John, is if you were ever – I mean, it's almost impossible. You know, you can say, hey, don't uh, – just pretend the cameras aren't there. Well, isn't that an impossibility, or did you do your best you can to, like you said, just be you – and not be aware or worry about the fact that cameras were rolling. Early on, you definitely know the cameras are there, right? There's no doubt. But after a while, you don't. You know what I mean? You just kind of forget about it, right? Um, you know, what's, what's out there. And, you know, obviously they have total access, right? Mm-hmm. You open your doors. You got to see whatever meetings we were in, you know, when it was. Unless it was something private for personal things that happened that could be, you know, jobs or something. But they were open. And that's what we signed up. We said, all right, you can come and do it. So, yeah, I mean, and then it's so funny because, like, one of the producers grew up around the corner and knew some of the people. One of the cameramen literally grew up, like, five blocks from here, you know, and his story was similar to Dior's story, right? And so they become part of your family as well. And so when they left after two and a half months, it actually was kind of weird, like, okay, where where are your friends and family at? Not so much where the cameras are, but where are the people that you, you know, you end up having conversations with them, right? And so you miss that part. Mm. Did you have much of the final thing from me, and really appreciate your time, Coach, your days at Skyline, I think we touched on this before, but I'd be interested in the answer again. Did you have much interaction with Gary Payton through the years there? Man, I was there, you know, I, I was coaching there when he played, but I wasn't teaching there yet, okay. right? And so I remember, like, he would always be in the locker room coming out. He'd tell my coach, I can play, because I was a defensive <laughs> coordinator at the time. Tall. And then one day he goes, what do you mean I'm too So I kind of stood up tall. And I go, why are you tall? Because he always kind of walked with a little slump over, you know what I mean? And I go, good corner. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, been a natural at it but yeah it was and i saw gary just recently you know he's coaching here at lincoln university here in oakland so it's good to see him back coaching and involved in the community so yeah no gary i went to a lot of games when gary played because you know I'm a, I'm a big high school fan so i would go to all his high school games you know in, in oakland and you know, i wouldn't travel outside the area but you know watch him play and i'll tell you what no they always talk about these guys talking trash Nobody can talk like Gary can talk. <laughs> yeah, and that was probably evident at that young age, too. Last thing, Coach, your prospects for this year, and how did everything go last year? Did you guys even have a season? Spring season. Yeah. 
did not. We were able to practice spring ball. You know, our biggest thing was just trying to keep everybody healthy. When we usually we have about 120, 130 kids out for football. In 2020, that that dropped to 58. Where do those kids go to, right? Where are they at? So then we kind of got them back going, got up to the 70s, and in the, and in the spring when we had padded spring ball, we grew again to about into the 90s, and now we're back over 100 again. But, you know, it was really it was something that I was really worried about because not about football, but where are all these young people at, right? Remember, this group of people, this demographic has been told that they don't belong in college. They, you know, they've been going, taking, going to marginalized educational situations their whole life. And then college shut down, right? You know, think about it. We're online trying to teach them online. Many of them do not have adequate, you know, Internet at home. Mm-hmm. Many don't have computers at home. They use their phones. So how do you do online class if all you have is a phone? I mean, those are the realities that were out there. We're trying to get, you know, things home to them. We're trying to get laptops and hotspots, right, just to keep them engaged yeah. in the school. It was a tough one. So we played our opener last Friday. Unfortunately, we fell short 35-28 uh, with the ball in the one, two-yard, one-and-a-half-yard line with, with one play left, and we couldn't punch it in. And it was a heartbreaking loss, no doubt. But like I told her, it was a win because we got to go on the field and play. Yeah, yeah. And so Coach, 42 years in, you, you got a few more in you? As long as it's fun, yeah. right? You know, got to be fun. Coach, Coach, we love uh, hearing you, your stories and your passion and love for the young men and, and all of the people you've interacted with and coached and taught through the years. Thanks for taking time for us. We'll be thinking of you Saturday, and we know you'll be watching as the Beavers in Hawaii uh, connect here at Reeser Stadium. Hope to see you up here again one of these days. Coach, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Hey, let's build that dam. Two claps. Ready, ready. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Thank you, Coach. John Beam, a star of Last Chance U, like the guy a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you can tell his heart is in it for the right reasons. Big time, and it was a good show. So, again, we give you, if you haven't watched it, episode season five is the season for Laney College, the final season of five seasons for Netflix. Well-received, well-done, mm-hmm. last chance you. And John Beam and his program at Laney featured in 2019, the year after they'd won the state championship in 18, trying to defend it. The Wright brothers both on the team. And it's it's good stuff, and no, the Beavers uh, have a good relationship with him, and that's very cool. And and of course, uh, Nishan perhaps getting some playing time tonight, tonight for Dallas, yep. and and Rajon was third in in tackles last weekend. Yeah, and also broke up two passes. He was dealing with a load in David Bell for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. and, and Bell made some catches and plays, but that's going to happen. I didn't. I thought Rajon played well, even yeah. with Bell's numbers. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Rajon may match up against his former teammates, Dior and Jared. Jared Smart, I've forgotten as my notes haven't quite gotten to the level yet of jotting down the son. Of, we had it two years ago, and I yeah. need to just transfer the material over. Son of Keith Smart, who hit the legendary right. shot for Indiana's right. last right. national championship. Let's break. We'll come back with more on 1240 Joe Radio. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. 
The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon-man.com. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Whether you're on the offense, the defense, or the special teams, maybe even the third string punter, Woodstock's is pizza for all. With over 36 fresh toppings to choose from, six sauce options, three crust options, also gluten-free and non-dairy options, and delivery to most of Corvallis. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Even third string punters. Who is the Beeves third string punter? Luxury vinyl plank flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! <laughs> <laughs> Zip Whip uh, is with the, the name University of the Honda Text University Line. Is Honda Zip Whip the line. server, the text yeah, server, the yeah. company. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, Four nine it's seven Francie's five three birthday five today. Yes, happy birthday, Francie. Happy birthday, you and to Guy. Francie. Have a great time today. Uh, <laughs> Paul wanted to. Okay, yesterday we were talking. About with Dominic, yes. about the uh, the, the golf, the go- dugout club golf dugout tournament club tomorrow, forty second annual. Yeah. yeah, and whether or not people could get in. Paul, who was literally on the course during that conversation, wrote in to say, "I just recently signed up, and I didn't know what he meant by that." Eventually, he called and he said, "Did you get my text?" Because I didn't comment on it. I said, "I didn't understand what that meant." And he goes, "Oh, I just was able to recently sign up. It's not too late." And then I said, yeah, 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 Paul, I'll mention it on the air, which I've said to many a caller. 
and then I forgot to. But the definition of recently would come into play there. Oh, I think the last couple of days. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but but he's reminding ago. me that I forgot to tell the okay. people on the air that he was able to do that. So okay. now I'm doing that. And then the orange one sent us a link. He, yeah. He's not sending links. It's all about the link. And many of them go to Twitter. And this one is about the Pac-12 has announced weekly pairings for the upcoming women's basketball season. Okay. I did get that that uh, release from Oregon State and uh, – you know, in the order of things that we're talking about, talking about basketball pairings would be mm-hmm. on the list, but not yeah. right away. We are hoping to visit with uh, Devin Hunter soon and welcome her back officially. We haven't had her on yeah. the Joe Beaver show since. New coach. She became an assistant coach for Scott Ruick. So that's something we're working on have you for ever, next week. Have you ever had that transition? Did you ever have that transition when you just finished doing something and then they bring you back in, in a, a role where you're working now? I did. I After my senior year of high school football the following summer, I was out there coaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, I right. know how to play this position like the back of my hand, and yeah, I can do that, but I was playing with these guys right. a year ago, yeah. and it's kind of odd. But that happens a lot, because I watched that show last night, um, uh, Don't Forget the Tide, or Against the Tide. Great documentary oh, the on the Sam 1970 game. Isn't that good? Oh, it was fantastic, really and it, yeah. it broke my heart to see Sam interviewed mm-hmm. in there because he looks so good and I don't know when they made the film but he just passed away mm-hmm. and Petros's dad wow that guy's a looker he's a and a big personality yeah too. Really I good. mean mm-hmm. you know he he looked great and and um um I don't know what role he played on that team how much playing time he got but you know they interviewed him he was great great story yes I didn't know that that uh that the two coaches were really 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 good friends and they brokered the deal yeah. before anybody else even knew about that game coming. Yeah, I and, like it. And a really good show about basically integration and and Alabama in integrating its football team. And it, it was only about four, three or four years after that game when they went all white to the regular mix that you mm-hmm. see now and you had mm-hmm. then, and right back to being great. I mean. Yeah. Just a, a really good show. It's called Against the Tide, and it's a Showtime show. I did it's one of those. Showtime, okay. I did one of those uh, try Showtime for free for one month because I wanted to see it. Yeah. So remind me. I don't oh, want to keep you'll, it. They they hook you. You'll forget it, <laughs> and you'll be a subscriber for the rest of your life. Yeah, I'll look on my phone. It'll be charged to your account. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Another okay. month of Showtime. I don't know. I don't know how those of you in your households listening to us manage that. Oh, yeah, I'll take the week free trial, <laughs> and you're in there forever. And you're in there forever. Now, quick question. John McKay is the SC coach, of yeah. course, in that, yeah. and coaching with Bear, and they're good friends, and they essentially just taught, hey, let's play each other. Yeah. Let's do this thing. They golfed all summer long in the offseason together. Quick question, John, yeah. because in the in the avalanche of material that yeah. comes down, I mean, it's just constant. It never stops. It never you can't stops. catch up with it. I saw something, and I'm wondering if there's any Notre Dame fans in our midst or anybody who caught when – it just somehow struck me as Brian Kelly apparently, yeah. in the, what, quote, tried to be funny, yes. unquote, or tried to be a what little John McKay, I saw yes, the whole unquote. Thing. But why is that such a big deal? So did, did he say something <laughs> about he Was he trying to paraphrase the old John McKay line? What do you think of yes. the execution yes. of the offense? I'm in favor of it. And he butchered it. it. John McKay, so he didn't tell it well. They but didn't so ask what? him. They didn't ask him what was the... 
They didn't say, what would you think of the execution? <laughs> he came out, and it was so funny because it was so bad. Okay. And he knew it was bad, and he laughed and afterward. He, laughed he goes, I was trying to make a joke. I butchered it. He goes, well, you, you people are crazy. Well, that's what the part about you people are crazy is what I want to get yes. to in terms of because it, it fell a little flat or he didn't tell it well and he laughed it off, shouldn't that be the end of it? But yes. Did, did people there was just a, barrage him with criticism? No, there was a small uprising, and when it— when it was quickly squelched by sports people, because, you know, the woke people wanted to, oh, you know, that's terrible, and, and cancel him. There was this massive, uh, ridiculous, you are ridiculous groundswell from sports people who know exactly what that what he was trying to do. He was trying do. to paraphrase. He wasn't talking John about McCain literally quote, executing yeah, his yeah, players. Yeah, we should go out and execute the players. And race did not have anything to do with it. And yeah. they're trying to make there's there's. I think we're getting a little bit past that, where there's a little bit more more pushback <laughs> on this. Cancel you, cancel you. Well, you can't say that. You said that 20 years ago. You're done. And and he and so when he <laughs> said, come on. And, and the funny thing was is that he was okay with the fact that he really, really swung and missed at yeah, trying I mean, to make he, a joke. The joke set up what it wasn't his thing. He didn't set it up well. Didn't apparently right. tell it well. Didn't quite hit the John McKay type uh, verbiage and, and exactly. witticism that it was. In the when, timing, when there was McKay no timing at it. all because with John McKay, what had happened was it was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A reporter or somebody said, "How did? What did you think about your team's ex- execution?" And in yeah. like a Groucho style, yeah, perfect I'm timing. I'm in favor of it. <laughs> That's it. So he comes out. Brian Kelly comes out, and they, you know, Coach, what okay. do you, th- you know, think but, about the team? He goes, "Well, I'm fa- in favor of executing them." Yeah, I mean, it was just like, no, no, so Coach, my, that's not yeah, how that works. No, but what, what, what just amused me? We'll take a break. We need to wrap up here. Ashley Adamson and Bobby Curran coming up. What amused me is seen on my Twitter feed and elsewhere. The Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly this, and the joke <laughs> yeah. falls flat, and Brian Kelly under criticism, Brian Kelly. It was nothing. Right. And the good news is, here's the good news, Michael. Nothing. They, they, they the proverbial they, tried to, to make, make something, make out something of, of it, and it got, it well, got squelched very quickly, and it's gone away. The, the whole thing is, I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. Sound and fury signifying nothing. We take a break and come back wrapping up the first hour on 1240 Joe Radio. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun, good exercise, inexpensive, and perfect for beginners. And with 14 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to HighlandBowl.com. We set them up, you knock them down. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. 
Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited. Ashley Adamson joining us in our next segment, and Bobby Curran, 32-year voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Sports name, Bobby Curran. It's a very good name, and he's been over there for a long time, the sports director for ESPN Honolulu, and Uh, in fact hosts his own show from 6 to 9 a.m. every morning over there. He must have serious flight miles. He probably has garnered a few over the years. Yes. That's a lot of trips. He'll be getting a lot uh, coming up. He, <laughs> when he texted me yesterday when we were going back and forth about whether, and he's never been a guest on the show. I'm surprised. Well, we've had Dave Reardon. We've had Stephen Sy. We've had Ferd Lewis. We've had other people through the years during the Oregon State-Hawaii encounters. Mm-hmm. We used to visit with the late, great Red Rocha quite a bit oh, when yeah. the Beavers in Hawaii were yeah. playing basketball. But we've never had Bobby, and if he's been at it for 32 years, then he's seen, as the phrase goes, he's seen it all. And I'll be interested in his observations not only about Todd Graham and the the fledgling Todd Graham era, the kind of team Todd is bringing to Corvallis in Bobby's view here Saturday night. But Bobby said when we were talking about it yesterday, he said, oh, I'll I'll be, I, I think we'll be landed in Corvallis by 1230 tomorrow and I thought, wow, you guys are coming in real early, two mm-hmm. days in. Yeah. And then he wrote back, oh, wait a minute, we're not coming over until Friday. <laughs> so Well, at least he, he gets to travel. Ahead, but he is traveling, and that's good news. Yeah, because uh, some aren't, but at least he gets yeah. to. Why aren't the Mariners, by the way? Yeah. Um, it's a weird in fact, thing. I heard them talking about it. And were they? Aaron Goldsmith almost made it sound like, oh, no, it was with us. He said, I'm getting to spend time yeah. with my kids. Yeah. And I think Petro said the same thing, too, that, uh, you know, getting to... To, yeah, yeah, I get that, but, but we I don't still wanna... think no. I, I mean, I you're still not serving the listener, the viewer quite as well if you ain't there. Back in a few okay, minutes. Please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. With a Bloomberg Business of Sports report, I'm Michael Barr. Some of the world's largest broadcasters, including NBC, Olympics in Beijing. The request comes in an open letter from Right Winter Olympics in Beijing. The request comes in an open letter from rights groups representing minorities in China, including Uyghurs, Tibetans, Hong Kong residents, and others. The open letter was sent to NBC Universal Chief Executive Officer Jeff Schell and other broadcast executives. NBC has paid $7.75 billion for the rights to the next six Olympics. The Winter Games are scheduled for February 4th. The New York Jets and Fubo Sportsbook have announced a business marriage. Fubo's multi-year partnership means it's the official sports betting partner of the club. Fubo will create a lounge at MetLife Stadium for Jets home games. The agreement marks Fubo Sportsbook's first sponsorship of a pro sports team. And that's a Bloomberg Business of Sports report. I'm Michael Barr. Want to hear something amazing? 
Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back. We've got yours. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Temple Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Hi, I'm Dennis Overs, the golf guru with another Golf Minute to help out a faulty swing path with your irons. Practice from angle lies to get your swing back on track. If your swing plane is too flat, usually resulting in a hook, push, or heaven forbid top shot, practice with the ball below your feet. When the ball is below your feet, your spine angle becomes more tilted to address the ball, forcing your shoulders to turn on a more vertical plane during the backswing. During the swing, concentrate on keeping your arms in front of your body. This should help you deliver the club head on a straighter path and result in more solid contact. If your swing plane is too upright, resulting in a slice, pull, or top shot, practice hitting balls well above your feet. Your spine angle becomes more vertical, forcing your shoulders to swing on a flatter plane. Done correctly, you'll make solid contact with the back of the ball from inside the target line, and the result will be a longer flying right-to-left draw. Beautiful. So remember, head to the slopes to cure a faulty path. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Are you looking for a rewarding new career? Join the United States Postal Service and apply for roles nationwide. Serve your community with pride and receive benefits including competitive pay and opportunities for advancement. Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions, we have options that may be perfect for you. The United States Postal Service is an equal opportunity employer. Apply now at usps.com careers. We're short of PCO today. Let's try to stay on schedule. New time. customers have Emory's exterminator business buzzing. She needs new specialists to tackle a swarm of appointments. Norwegian tree mouse. That's a first. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. 
Monday on the Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network. The Silver and Black kick off the 2021 season against the Baltimore Ravens. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy for all the action. It's Monday Night Football under the lights in Las Vegas as the Raiders play host to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It's the Ravens and Raiders on Monday Night Football. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Monday afternoon at 445 right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey Siri, uh-huh. take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. I'll be near Oregon. And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. All right, looks like we're here. I'm appreciative, Siri. Indeed you are. Thank you. No problem. And indeed, we're appreciative that you've made the journey for the second hour. Does your friend... To the Joe Beaver Show. Think about Clapton when he's singing. Bruce Coburn, I'm not sure that he does. He's, he's very I mean, much he's, like he's a man. Clapton. He's a man on his own, though, and we appreciate uh, Derek putting all of that together for us. And those of you who have taken time to listen, thank you. Hour number two, Bobby Curran, the voice of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Football, will join us at 1230. It is a pleasure to welcome out of the gate in the second hour, Ashley Adamson, an original voice and face from the Pac-12 Network's getting ready to head to Washington State this weekend. Back on the road again. So many exciting storylines that we want to explore with Ashley, kind enough to join us on the Joe Beaver Show. Good afternoon, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to be back with you. Thanks, Ashley. And you are going to Pullman. <laughs> Nothing going on up there. No interesting storylines there. So we'll get to nope, that. <laughs> nope. Pretty quiet up on the pool. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment, Ashley. But first... You debuted a new show on the Pac-12 Networks, Pac-12 Tailgate, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings in Eugene last weekend, leading into the pregame and all of the other great coverage that the network has afforded through the years. For you and the crew, what was it like just to be back on a campus site again last week? Oh, man, it felt so good. Um, you know, it had been a long time. I think we're going on, you know, it had been about 19 months, mm-hmm. so... It felt great to see fans. It felt great to be on campus. It felt so good to be at a game and on the sideline and just to, you know, be back in that football Saturday atmosphere. Um, obviously, everything didn't feel exactly the same as, as pre-COVID, uh, nor should it. And, you know, the mask mandates and took a little bit longer for people to get in the stadium um, with some of the new restrictions. But I will say it was once everybody was in there, it, it, it really did feel like old times, and I'm glad that Oregon uh, was able to give everybody a scare there for a little bit, but I was glad they were able to pull it out, um, which sets up obviously a, a huge, huge game at Ohio State on Saturday. So, yeah, it felt great to be back, and 
Man, uh, the tailgate show, I'm glad you brought that up. Danny Lee is, is new with us, and he's hosting that show. And it's, it's a really fun, I, I highly encourage people to, to check in and tune out, or check in and tune in to that show because it's all of the stuff around the game. So all the tailgate stuff, all, everything's going on on campus. Caught up last week with Kelly Graves, the Oregon women's basketball coach, who's done features on all sorts of different stuff. So that is where the fun is happening. We're talking more football, but the, the fun campus vibe stuff, um, that's all jam-packed into that show, and that's right before the pregame. Ashley Adamson, our guest. And that, I'm so glad you you touched a little bit. I didn't get to see it. I was back in West Lafayette getting ready for the Beavers in Purdue which, as we've all said around here, may have been, quote, the best loss in the Pac-12 North <laughs> last yeah. week, for whatever that's no worth. Doubt. But, but actually, the, the, the tailgate concept, I mean, you've been involved from day one with the Pac-12 Networks, a creative strategist, a storyteller, a lead host on all of these shows that I've alluded to. Tell us a little bit about what you're saying it's more than just the nuts and bolts that you guys do on the pregame breaking down with Nick and Nigel or whatever else, the football stuff. Tell us what tailgate its intent is and how you felt the first show came out, maybe when you come to Oregon State and various campuses, what you're trying to convey with tailgate. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it goes back to when we first decided to take our pregame show on the road, um, which is, I guess, three years ago now. Uh, it was a really big deal, and one of the things that we talked to, to everyone on our campuses about is that, hey, we want this to be more than just these are the matchups you need to watch for in the game. We want to bring campus life. We can do that in studio, but if we're going to be there, we want to bring campus life to the viewers at home. Let's get, you know, the former Oregon fans, the former Oregon, or the former Oregon, you know, students and fans involved and invested and feeling like they are back on campus even if they aren't. So that's kind of the premise of what we wanted to do when we initially went on the road. And we used to have an hour, uh, hour-long pregame show in which we would bring in all these different elements. So we would have, you know, tailgating stuff. We'd have stuff with the gymnastics team. We'd have stuff with basketball. We'd have campus traditions. We'd have favorite spots on campus for the players, all the stuff that we had kind of put together throughout the week mixed in with the, you know, more hardcore X's and O's football talk. It was great to try to get that all in, but I think as you look back on it, certainly as I do uh, with a critical eye, it didn't always sync up in the way that we imagined. It was kind of a hodgepodge of all these different stuff. So the beauty of separating our pregame coverage into a tailgate show and an actual pregame show is that you get to have both, and I think it flows a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, the point is just to, you know, everybody who has a college team, whether they went to school there or just grew up going to games there, there are certain things that you love about that campus and that game day experience, and the, and the goal of Tailgate is to you know, bring up some of that nostalgia and showcase what's going on on our gorgeous campuses on a you know, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. You know, I believe that featurey stuff like that can bring more eyes and ears in. I, I've watched, and I, I love game day, Ashley, Ashley Adamson joining us. But I, I found myself, okay, with, with the X's and O's, I found myself just waiting for the feature segments. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, with Tom Rinaldi, who's moved on to the other station, and now they're doing it. Because it's, I don't know, it's just, maybe it's because I'm getting older. But, and, and no, in the business and breaking that. it down myself. Are, but yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think there's a lot to that. And there's a lot of material, I imagine, that you could go through every school for years and have plenty of new material. I'm curious how things have gone for you and and your colleagues who are still there during, you know, these last 18 months have been tough for everybody. And as we emerge from it all, 
we emerge, you emerge with a new commissioner. Is that how do you feel about the way the direction is heading? We're going to have uh, uh, Commissioner Klyovkov here on campus on Friday and hear a, a lot from him locally on Oregon State. Just the feeling of uh, who, who's left, you survived it all, and now you're moving forward. Do you feel like it's uh, there's just nowhere to go with a real positive upward trend? Yeah, I think that's well said. There's there's a lot of hope, and it. it's like we hit this one big massive giant reset button. Um, that's not to say that, that anyone is going to be able to immediately solve all the problems or all the things that we want to do better within the conference and, and, you know, with the conference coverage around the network. But I, I can tell you that it's hard for me to even put into words how impressed I have been with George in the few meetings that I've had with him in person and in every single time that I've heard him speak, and whether it's an all-staff meeting or in one of his um, you know, public press conferences, the understanding that he has in such a short amount of time, and you think about what he walked into, you know, July 1st was his first official day. That's when NIL passed. <laughs> so, and then there was conference realignment. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there's these you know, TV meteorites that are coming, and we've got play expansion. It is just an absolutely insane time in college athletics. And instead of being overwhelmed by it, which I think – you know, I would, wouldn't blame him if he did feel that way. He, I, when I talked to him when I was in L.A., he was, it was like he embraced it. He was thriving in it, which is exactly the type of person that you want. So he's just he's done everything the right way since he's gotten there. Obviously, there's a lot of really complicated issues at stake, um, but he has made his way around every campus. I'm glad he's going to be in Corvallis. I know he's loved getting to actually talk to a lot of the people on campus. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you one quick story. Somebody I know on, on a college campus told me that they were setting up these meetings, and George said, here's the thing, I, I want to meet with whoever you guys want me to meet with, but I want to make sure that I am meeting while I am there with the people who do things, whether that's the janitor, whether that's your assistant, whether, whoever it is. I, I don't want to just meet with you know, the high-profile people that are in all these big meetings. I want to meet with the people on campus who are actually in the trenches doing the work. And I don't know that many commissioners or many people in his situation would are, are thinking that way so mm-hmm. he just i have been so impressed and i think there is a lot of hope for what may come under his leadership ashley adamson joining us on the joe beaver show with the pac-12 networks ashley a couple of things you've already touched on a little bit how did you observe you said maybe it took a little longer to get in i mean we'll have our own game day experience at research stadium saturday people are being encouraged to maybe get there a little earlier in terms of getting through the gates with proof of vaccination status and and masks and and, and making sure that you're you're good to get in so to speak how did you see that all play out in eugene on saturday was it did, did you monitor that and talk about it during your shows yeah, we didn't talk about it much during the show, but I, I will say we got in, you know, earlier than most people. So when we came, we got our show was at um, 10 o'clock, and so we got there at about 8:30. So when we were there, it was the, show, the tailgate scene was was kind of just starting to get going, and people were out and about, and there weren't a lot of people lined up to get in. The only reason I think that it, I would say that it took a little bit longer for people to get in is just looking at the stands. It was a, a little bit of a late arriving crowd. Part of that, I'm sure, is due to an 11 a.m. kickoff. But mm-hmm. I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, every campus is figuring out. It's not an easy puzzle to solve. Um, but from everything that I saw, 
uh, it felt like it went as smooth as it, as it possibly could for the situation that we're in. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm sure everybody had their own individual experiences. But from what I saw, it felt like a little bit of a late arriving crowd. And then they really kind of got into it there in the second quarter. But then the game got weird and Fresno State, you know, kind of started marching down the field and all of a sudden Oregon sputtering. And so the vibe just felt a little bit different. And then in the fourth quarter when uh, when Anthony Brown had that big play on fourth and two and they kind of were able to put the game away, that's when it felt like the old option for the first time, I would say. So now you go to the Palouse where – I suppose every campus is going to have the challenges and how they do things. But like you said, you guys are there way early to set up and you get through and you start doing things. But would you agree that when you have to go somewhere where there's all kinds of problems, it just makes it harder because you got to you got to figure out, OK, how do we approach this with the coach? How do we approach mm-hmm. this with our delivery and the storylines? And what do we talk about? What do we not talk about? Are you dreading isn't the word because it's a great business to be in, but it does make it a, more of a challenge. Would you agree, Ashley? Uh, I mean, yeah. It, obviously, yes. <laughs> the answer is, is, is pretty straightforward. But I think that the thing that, um, you know, if I would maybe be answering this different if I worked at a different network, if I worked for ESPN or Fox or a national news outlet. Working for the Pac-12 network, our job is to, yes, make sure that we're telling the stories and making sure that we're being honest about what we're seeing and what's going on on any given team or within any given program. But also, you know, people are coming to the Pac-12 Network for, for us to discuss Nick Rolovich's vaccine decision. They're going to the wrong place. So I think that we, what our goal is is to focus on, okay, what does the team need to do to get right? Because guess yeah. what? Last time Portland State played Washington State, it was on the Pac-12 Network. I was there. Uh, 2015, and the Cougs lost, and it was a devastating loss. So coming off of a week one disappointing season, a week one disappointing season opener, play in Portland State, a team that you think that they should be able to, to get a pretty decent win against, and then the final tune-up before they go host USC next week, like this is a really important game mm-hmm. for them. Um, and so, yeah, I think there is the undercurrent of that, and I'm expecting, you know, fans are – uh, there's a lot of unrest right now in Pullman. So I know that that is going to be the backdrop of this matchup. But I think for us, the focus is mostly going to be on, okay, how do you get Max Borgie the ball more? How do you make sure that Travell Harris is, is set up in a situation to succeed? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? And, and what if, you know, if Guantanamo, if, excuse me, if Garrett's healthy, what, are they going to stick with Jane Delore or are they going to go back to him? So I, I just think there's a lot of interesting um, aspects of this game to talk about that are, you know, meaningful and important for the fans to hear beyond sort mm-hmm. of what is the undercurrent of what's going on politically up there. Ashley, you you touched on the disappointing loss with the Cougs to Utah State, and that wrapped up the day, the day essentially in the North in particular of, of pretty severe disappointment, <laughs> unprecedented mm-hmm, in terms no of Montana and Washington. So we jokingly say, well, you know, that, oh, well, the Beavers' loss, by comparison to others, doesn't look quite so bad going on the road and having a chance to win, but it still was a loss, and Stanford got handled. And What did you make of, of the opening weekend? Are we overreacting to it? What are your thoughts about that? You know, I, I think the thing that we love to do as media members is overreact, and it is easy to, to overreact after a week one outcome. Um, it, it was like the best of times and the worst of times, right? You had one of the best regular season wins that I think that I've ever watched in my time with the Pac-12, with UCLA beating LSU. 
uh, and not just beating them, but really putting it on them in the end. And then you have on the far other end of the spectrum, Montana beating Washington and the Huskies still not scoring mm-hmm. a single touchdown. Like mm-hmm. that, that was, it's hard to square those two things, especially when we expected Udo to be good. Now I know they were missing, you know, a lot of their receivers and there were some other extenuating circumstances, but just there's no excuse to lose to Montana in the season opener, mm-hmm. uh, the, the defending Pac-12 North champs. So that, that was a head scratcher. I think you look across the country though, and there were a lot of interesting outcomes. And I, you know, I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but there were, some FCS and some, you know, non-Power 5 schools that really put the hurt on some Power 5 teams this, in the season opener. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a lot to attribute to that. I think coming off the COVID season, um, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of attrition in between teams. And I also think with the transfer portal the way it is now, there's some talented guys that are playing on traditionally lower-level teams perhaps. So I think – you know, maybe there's more parity across the board, and maybe it's just people trying to get their sea legs under them after what was a strange year with COVID the year before. Uh, it's probably not one reason. It's probably layered on many different reasons. But I, I think that, yeah, um, I don't know if it was going to win that game, mm. to be honest with you. I was I was thinking that they, they had it. I thought mm-hmm. Champ looked good coming in um, for Sam Neuer, and it felt like they maybe had it, and then just a few miscues in the end. But I um you know, it was it was definitely the best loss. I agree with you on that. The best of North, the you know, they yeah. they they've only in the what is it? I guess 2012 or 2011 was the first Pac-12 championship game. The North has only lost one Pac-12 championship, and that was to USC in 2017. Hmm. So the North yeah. has always been the stronger division. And boy, to go one and five on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, week one just. Yeah, did not did not feel great. No. How far out uh, do you know where you're going? Is it one week at a time? Yeah, at this point. So we knew where we were going the first two weeks. I know that we will be in studio next week. We've got seven games on our air, which is a, wow. going to be a Pac-12 record. Mm. Um, so we've got there's so much going on that we're going to combine the crews, consolidate the crews, and we'll be in studio next week. And then beyond that is, it's, yeah, we're we're doing it a little bit differently than we have in the past, which is we used to map out the entire season, and now we're trying, you know, we will go to all 12 campuses, but we're trying to match it so that we can um, be at the game that we are broadcasting because I think in order to get the, you know, the fan sort of the environment, it helps to be at the game that you are, uh, that the fans are actually going to see. No one wants to, you know, if we were at, USC this weekend, which traditionally that's where we would have gone for the USC Stanford opener. Cause that's arguably the big, it is the only conference game, so the biggest one in terms of a Pac-12 perspective. But if we were at USC at you know whatever time, 2 p.m. to talk about Washington State, like it doesn't really make sense. So that's one thing that we tried to do differently with our yeah. program this year that I think is gonna is gonna be helpful for fans certainly and the vibe around the show. And lastly, and this is a selfish question for me. Do you what do you do or need to do when you go to do those tailgate shows outside of just your knowledge? Do they have you plugging things in, stringing cords, or you just show up out of the limo, go to the stage with Nigel, and sit down? Uh, oh, it is a work in progress all week long. I'm I'm going back and forth with you know we've got meetings and stuff, and I'm going back and forth with our talent, our producers, the people on campus. I've got, you know, the great Bill Stevens at Washington State. Yep. He's a long-time SID there and just one of the best guys in the business. He's, I've got him on speed dial this week. So there's <laughs> so many things that go into making sure that we are right once we get there. 
the tailgate crew are the ones who are on the ground starting Wednesday, and they're shooting a lot of the you know stuff that we mentioned around campus um, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, uh, and then editing it kind of overnight to get ready for Saturday. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of prep. I don't think anyone probably fully realizes all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to get ready for a show because the, the hope is that it doesn't look hard and that it looks right. seamless and simple. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what makes it fun. And man, I, I just I missed it so much last year and we still got to you know watch the games and enjoy them and all the rest but there was you you lost so much of what you know we love about this career is is being at the games being able to talk to the student athletes being able to feel the crowds i mean all of that is um you know the best part of this job so it's it's great to be back, and, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it um, before showing up on Saturday, that's for sure. Ashley, thank you for your time, as always. We hope when you guys come to Corvallis, and we hope that's in the works, we can talk again. We really appreciate your work. Keep it going and have a good time on the Palouse Saturday. We appreciate you joining the Joe Beaver Show. I appreciate that, and I'm definitely, as soon as I know I'm coming to Corvallis, you're going to be my first phone call, and we're going to figure out exactly what we need to do. Show. Excellent. Be ready for it. Thanks, Ashley. Good talking to you. Have fun this weekend. Ashley Adamson, our guest. We break. We come back with Bobby Curran, the voice of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, to get a little more, I think, quite honestly, not necessarily more informed, but maybe a bit more audible perspective yeah. from Bobby on I, Hawaii. I have questions that yeah. I just couldn't yeah. ask. Stephen Sai going through tunnels, driving around And Hawaii. he's a great guy. A we great had him on writer. two years ago. It's just the yeah. connection was yeah. off. So we'll, we'll try to fill in some of those gaps with Bobby Curran next. Ashley Adamson. One of the original voices of the Pac-12 Networks, and yeah. very good. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's tremendous. We take a break. Come back with more on 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, this is Dave from Tom Water. WSU Press, yep, that's the Cougs, has just published my latest book, Lewis and Clark Reframed. In Lewis and Clark Reframed, we will examine how the famous American expedition was influenced by the British explorers, James Cook, George Vancouver, and Alexander Mackenzie, all of whom preceded Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Northwest. Order Lewis and Clark Reframed from WSU Press, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs. Online at middletonheating.net. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. 
Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Monday on the Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network, the Silver and Black kick off the 2021 season against the Baltimore Ravens. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy for all the action. It's Monday Night Football under the lights in Las Vegas as the Raiders play host to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. It's the Ravens and Raiders on Monday Night Football. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Monday afternoon at 445 right here on 1240 Joe Radio. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Our thanks to Ashley Adamson from the Pac-12 Networks for joining us. And a broadcaster who's been at it, I believe now, I think we're, I've done the math correctly, I hope. That's always a challenge. But 32nd year, I believe, the voice of uh, Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football and men's basketball, the sports director for ESPN Honolulu. And in all the years that uh, we've actually had games back and forth from the mainland over to Aloha Stadium between the Beavers and Rainbow Warriors, I'm not sure that we've ever had Bobby Curran the longtime and legendary voice of Hawaii on the Joe Beaver Show. So it's a pleasure to welcome for the first time to the show, as far as I can remember, the voice of uh, the Rainbow Warriors, Bobby Curran. Bobby, good morning to you. How are you today? I've done well. Thank you much. Thanks for taking time. Is it true you do three hours every morning over there on ESPN Honolulu, the three-hour talk show? Well, I, I get Monday, I get Saturdays and Sundays off, but yeah, <laughs> it is true. And what do you guys, if you don't mind me asking, how much is that centered on Rainbow Warrior stuff? I mean, for example, today, what did you talk about today? Well, today it was, it's partly UH. In fact, we had Coach Smith on this morning, mm-hmm. and we had former Rainbow Warrior coach Jude Jones on. Nice. Who watched all of the Oregon State Purdue game last week? He's up in Oregon right now, and will be at the game Saturday. So there was a good portion of UH, but we also do the pretty much the national scene: college football, NFL. You know that Tampa Bay Dallas thing was big today. So mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of keep it. You know, UH is probably our primary. It is our partner at our station. Or an ESPN affiliate, though, and we do uh, quite a bit of the national stuff as well. Bobby, what uh, what was it like to work with June Jones? You've worked with a lot of coaches in your 30-plus years. What was it like to work with, be around June? Well, the one exception of, uh, you know, a couple hours before kickoff. But, you know, he was probably my all-time favorite to do the coaches show with because – 
we do it usually on a Tuesday night, and he's very relaxed. And the guy is a he's a fabulous raconteur. His stories from the NFL, and I mean, always uh, good stuff. And you know, he was one of those coaches. He has this in common, actually, with our current coach, Todd Graham. There are two guys who had an absolute vision for how this thing should go, how to do it. I mean, from everything from practice to uh, and June even changed the darn, you know, he changed the colors even. I mean, he made, he put black in, he, he got rid of, uh, right when he was there, it was just the Warriors. I mean, how many guys get a chance to do that? But never any doubts. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And, and somehow guy, coaches like that have a way of making that vision contagious to the players. Bobby Curran, our guest, the voice of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football and basketball on the Joe Beaver Show. Bobby, having said that about June, I'm glad he's going to be at the game. I did not know that. That's good to hear. Did he have, was he evaluating the Beavers at Purdue and the chances for Hawaii to come in and spring an upset here? I mean, what did he have to say? What were his impressions of Oregon State? You know, he's, I think he has a lot of Hawaii, still lives in Hawaii, um, and had never gotten far from that once he, I mean, he turned down the San Diego Chargers to get, to be the full-time head coach to come back to take the Hawaii job. And people said, is he crazy? Because Hawaii was only 12. But here's the thing. He died loves Hawaii. He mm-hmm. just loves the place. But he actually still has Oregon, and whether it be Oregon State or the University of Oregon, where he also played as well as Portland State, and at Hawaii. So, you know, this Portland State was his third stop with Miles Davis. It was Oregon first, and then UA. So he's got the Oregon schools, you know, follows them closely. Actually was quite complimentary about Jonathan Smith. He actually believes that Jonathan Smith has done a really good job there and sort of expects them to be quite good this year. Hmm. Bobby Curran, our guest, the voice of Hawaii Sports, uh, Sports Director, ESPN, Honolulu joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Bobby, just talking about June and thinking about what he did and the remarkable job and going to a BCS game, the quarterback who led that team was the great and late Colt Brennan. How much of a relationship did you have with Colt? How much did his premature death at the age of 37 shake the Hawaii fan base, your state, the community? He was a very popular person there, wasn't he? He was voted the all-time greatest Hawaii football player in a place that takes its, its football pretty seriously. Um, I got quite close not only to Colt but to his family when when his father I was in touch with him because he'd go to the road games when he discovered that there wasn't really anything for the parents here like for Thanksgiving. They had a game Thanksgiving uh, weekend, and I said, well, come to my house. So basically, Colt, his mom, his sister, were all at my house for Thanksgiving dinner uh, that year, his first year here. So, yeah, I got to know that family well, knew Colt very well, had him on the shelf. He actually was considering at one point trying to, after his pro football career ended, of trying to become a sportscaster. But Colt had some some demons that finally got to him, and uh, it was it was sad for all of us. Yeah, a foundation, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday with uh, Stephen Sy from the Honolulu Star Advertiser, but 
the family has set up a foundation. It looks and sounds as though, given the, the issues that you just alluded to, the demons, the, the addiction issues, that he wants, the family wants and Colt would want to try to help people navigate that. Is that your sense of things, uh, Bobby, and this foundation and Colt's name being set up? Yes, I do think. I mean, it was one of those things that affected everybody here, and I think people in Hawaii would be very generous. They kind of got that, you know, listen, it, things happen in life, and I think even his parents, uh, especially his father, Terry, kind of said, you know, Coke always had a little bit of a fascination with the dark side, and sooner or later it got, you know, it brought him down. Um, it's sad. Uh, but now they feel like even in death, Colt maybe can accomplish some good things here in Hawaii. Now, speaking of accomplishing good things, those teams, those teams with June 06, 07 in particular, Bobby, can, can it be replicated? Is that just catching it all at the right time and place, getting the right coach and mix of players? I mean, you've seen it all in 32 years. Can Todd Graham or somebody build that kind of thing up again? Well, you know, I, I think the landscape has made that probably more difficult uh, than it was then. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure that that can happen again. But I think Hawaii can be pretty good. I, I think they can be competitive with some of the teams, certainly in the Mountain West, where I think they could win that thing. I mean, I think they'll be in contention this year. Frankly, can they compete? With, you know, the top end of the Pac-12, that's probably going to be a tougher, tougher thing. Bobby Curran, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show, longtime voice of the Hawaii uh, Rainbow Warriors, and and uh, this is John Warren with, with Mike Parker. Scheduling in Hawaii, I, I always wondered, is, what, what, is there a philosophy? I, I always thought, you know, covering women's basketball for 20 years, that there's a lot of tournaments, the Wahine tournaments, uh, uh, and, and, and that's to bring people, uh, teams over to limit the number of travel miles that Hawaii would have to do in conference play. Does that play a role in, uh, in any way in football? Well, I, I think Hawaii is, by the way, the most traveled team in these United States in both football and basketball, just because every time you go on the mainland, you start, you know, with 2,500 miles to California, and then it's on from there wherever you're going. Yeah. I mean, we got a game, again, we're playing in Las Cruces. Um, we used to play, in our conference used to be Louisiana Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you get pretty used to it, and I think the attitude of most of the coaches has been, look, this is what it is. Don't even, let's not even talk about it. We have seven road trips this year in football. Mm. Yeah, and they're all going to be no, far I mean, away. It just it comes to a point, guys, where you just say, look, don't even think about it. Think of getting on a plane like getting on a bus. It's really, you know, we'll get there when we get there. We'll play, and we're not going to make excuses about it. Is there plans? We, we I couldn't hear when we had our guest on yesterday. The connection wasn't very good about going to your, your campus facility. Is there plans to stay there and upgrade that, or what is the long-range plan? Well, they're gonna, it's going to look like it'll take at least three and probably four years at the Ching Complex, which is on campus. They're going to expand it from 9000 this year to 15000 next year. They've got the proper exemptions and waivers that won't affect their you know, Division 1A status. 
uh, because of that, because there's nothing they they got sprung on them that they just said there's no they could no way they could have they could play the law stadium but they couldn't have fans, mm. which is ironic because we don't have fans now. I mean they we have the most restrictive covenant in the U.S. I mean we're the only Division One team that's not permitting fans, whether it's outdoors, indoors, you name it. And so we're hoping that'll be revisited. Uh, sometime soon, they said they would take a look at it in a month. But you know, it was the situation here. They're almost out, up to their you know limit on hospital beds. And again, like everywhere else, it's the unvaccinated that are uh, the main problem here. So, um, and even their proposal: fully vaccinated, masked fans, half the number, the forty-five hundred, and the the, uh, the powers that be turn that down. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Bobby Curran with us for a few more minutes. We'll be making that little bus trip uh, over the ocean to uh, our state tomorrow. The Beavers in Hawaii, uh, Bobby, have had some interesting games, haven't they? Even the last one two years ago, a big rally by uh, Coach Rolovich's team. I thought that 2006 game with Colt Brennan against the Beavers, who had a very good team that year, the Beavers winning at Aloha Stadium, Pretty interesting matchups. What are you expecting Saturday night, and what about some of the matchups that occur to you when you think about this series? Well, I go back to the very first one, I mean, or at least the first one that I was a part of in 1999 when June Jones had just taken over. Jonathan Smith was yeah. the quarterback right. then. Right. And uh, Hawaii actually came away with a win. It, it, it ended as the biggest turnaround to that point in college football history, mm-hmm. going 12 to 9 and 4, that was a real, you know, whenever we play Oregon State, those games have generally been uber competitive mm-hmm. and fun. So I'm hoping for that same thing uh, on uh, uh, Saturday. I, you know, I don't know, really. I do think there won't be the talent disparity that we saw at UCLA. I think we're a little closer, more closely matched. And uh, we'll see. I, you know, I, I know Oregon State's trying to find a quarterback as Kristen Jebby is still out, who is the presumed starter. And, and I think they've struggled a little bit. I think Hawaii might even have an advantage at that position with the way Shevin Cordero's playing. But I think defensive talent, I think, would go to that advantage Oregon State. I think Hawaii's receivers are pretty good. Probably the running backs may be a little bit of an edge for uh, the Beavers. But I expect, generally speaking, for this to be a competitive game, and anything less would be a disappointment. Bobby, when you saw firsthand UCLA at the Rose Bowl, did you feel like, oh, oh," physically, speed, strength, all of those things, were you surprised they beat LSU or not? I mean, what were your thoughts seeing them firsthand? No, I predicted they'd beat LSU. I think Orgeron's team is struggling a little, and I think this is the most talent that Chip Kelly's had. I mean, they've got everybody back, but they, their offensive line is really impressive. And that pair of running backs, Blair Brown, the Duke transfer, and Zach Charbonnet, who came over from Michigan, those are real running backs. Now, those are NFL-type guys. So I, I just think they're a little better than a lot of people had. I actually think the weak point for them is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. People are singing his praises, but he's not a great passer. And he can run, but I, I think actually that would be, if they have a net noir, so to speak, I think it's him. Last couple of things. Bobby Curran, voice of Hawaii football coming over Saturday, the Beavers and Rainbow Warriors Saturday night. 
Todd Graham as a fit. I mean, how important, quote-unquote, is a fit? Is the fit defined as, well, if he's a good coach and can win games, that's a good fit. What do you make? Of, what did you make of the Graham hiring when it occurred, and what do you see in him as, as the leader of this program right now? Well, Todd Graham is, you know, basically like a lot of coaches, he's a sales guy. And, you know, he's a pretty good salesman. So uh, I think that he is doing a pretty good job. The recruiting, he's recruiting very well for their needs, which I think is a huge thing. Some coaches just best, best available. He really does uh, get heavily into the particular needs of the team. And I think he's answered the bell on that. How... You know, the guy's been, per- he's been peripatetic in his career. Uh, I don't think really he'd be here long if he got, he's saying all the right things, built a house, you know, bought one down near the ocean. He says he loves it. It's his forever place. But, you know, so if, if he happens to have a great year and a big-time Power 5 conference team with all the, uh, with all the amenities, shall we say, comes along, I, I think he'd probably move. Last thing, Bobby, mm. and that is Aloha Stadium, which I first visited in 1978 when it was uh, this new grand cathedral. I was in awe of it. it was just a little bit out of high school then. I got to come over and visit, and we were over there for a baseball tournament in another context, but visited Aloha Stadium. We all walked through there. Wow, what a gorgeous mm. palace this is. And it served for 46 years pretty well, didn't it? But were you seeing some real issues over the years with it? Will it be raised and a new stadium go up on that same site? Yeah, that's the plan. And this is what they're calling is the, uh, the new Aloha Stadium Entertainment District. So it's kind of a public-private partnership. There's going to be all kinds of restaurants and parks area and stuff. It'll be really beautiful, but it'll be smaller. It, they're not looking to be able to host Pro Bowls anymore. Mm-hmm. They figure it's going to be somewhere between thirty and 35000 but it will have all uh, the amenities, and I actually am excited for the prospect. Yeah, yeah I'm looking. That sounds nice. I'm hoping. I mean, any trip we've ever been able to make over there, I'm just disappointed we don't have another home-and-home <laughs> slated right now with you guys. Those are my favorite trips of all time, getting to come over there and spend some time over there, Bobby. Are you a lifetimer there? Did you Were you born, reared? Have you been there your no, whole life? No, I, I was. A, I'm a native New Yorker, actually. Yeah. I've managed to uh, get rid of most of the accent. <laughs> I can hear it. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Occasionally, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually though I'm a lifer from here on. That's for sure. Yeah. And I don't have any plans. I, it's funny, my wife's from Scotland, and I think we will at some point spend a lot of you know a good deal of the year uh, there. Certainly, she will. I, I probably am good for three months. I'm not big on the cold and the rain, <laughs> and, you know, icy roads and all that. I'm, I'm happy. That I was. Bobby, we look forward to seeing you at Research Stadium Saturday night. Thanks for making time for us. Safe travels to you, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Mahalo and aloha, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, Good I, guy. He, I, I like him. Yeah, I know. The Oregon. <laughs> well, and then I was thinking, well, wait a second. He's Hawaii, 31 years, and he's sounded a little like, like our friend down the road. Steve Tannen. Steve Not Tannen. quite. Tannen's retained a little bit more. Of the, yeah, but I, bit of I love that. A little bit of that New Jersey edge. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, Long Island, but it's pretty tough. I mean, Todd Graham... May indeed jump. Who knows? But did June Jones, uh, he reminded us. Yeah. 
What a great job June did there, by the way. But he reminded us, June, it's a little bit like the guys we go to break, a lieu of the white. I got a guy on the other line. We want you to manage the Cleveland Indians. Well, I'm managing a tire store, and I got a guy on the other line that needs a pair of white walls. Uh, I'm not sure I can take that Indian's job right now. Something to that effect. The NFL calls and the University of Hawaii call. Jim yeah. says, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm We've good. seen it time and again. We've seen it right here in River City. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back on 1240 Joe Radio. This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albans can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albans Plumbing. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glass Man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glass Man. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at Futon man.com Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Whether you're on the offense, the defense, or the special teams, maybe even the third string punter, Woodstock's is pizza for all. With over 36 fresh toppings to choose from, six sauce options, three crust options, also gluten-free and non-dairy options, and delivery to most of Corvallis. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Even third-string punters. Who is the Beeves' third-string punter? Luxury vinyl plank flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. 
Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! last few minutes, Mike Parker, John Warren. Tomorrow at Joe Beaver Roadshow, the Glassman celebrating their first anniversary in their new Albany location. We hope you'll come by and join us. It's been a while for a, a roadshow, and we're delighted to be back on the road again at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany for the Glassman's one-year anniversary. We'll have two pair of tickets to give away to the Beaver Hawaii game a $200 certificate, good towards the replacement of your car window. Two $60 certificates, good for rock chip repair on your car window. And free games of bowling from Highland Bowl and maybe a few other things to sneak in along the way. Plus some swag, free T-shirts and hoodies while supplies last. 11 to 1 tomorrow, the Glassman, 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany. Down the stretch on this Thursday afternoon, Let's go to the Downward Dog phone line and visit with Dan, with Paul on deck. Dan, John tells me, and maybe you can share with us, you made the, the roadie to West Lafayette and have a story to share with us about that. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Uh, did you ever do the Heritage uh, River Walk while you were there or not? No, it, it just it, it, those football trips, I, I like them, but they're dreadfully short. You fly, we got in late on uh, Friday evening, and it rained all day on Saturday, finished preparations, and all I did was drive across and look at the Wabash briefly, had no no opportunity really to walk along the trail. Two different worlds on campus and out of town. I felt like we were in uh, either Field of Dreams or Deliverance. (laughs) 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 Five miles out of town. (laughs) I wanted to talk about our experience uh, tailgating. Man, they start that breakfast club at 9 a.m. for a 7 o'clock game. It's just <laughs> nuts. Yeah, yeah. And the students are dressed up in their costumes, all funny. But we we met a group, you know, the Alumni Association did a gathering at the Old uh, Wood Brewery. And we were sitting at a table with a group of people. And next to us was a group of Purdue people. And they get up to leave and ask who's going to win the game. And they were almost trying to measure how we would respond. And I said, hey, we're both trying to play our first game and rebuild a new season. And it could be anybody's. Well, it ends up the guy that was talking to us was the quarterback, Plummer's father. <laughs> so they started a conversation, heck of a nice man. Nice. He's no no relation to Jake, and his right. other son is a quarterback at Arizona, and uh, he he lives in Gilbert, and just a nice guy. And then next to him was number eighty seven Durham's dad, oh my. tight end. Yeah, and as they're leaving, they look at me. Palmer looks at me and says, "Okay, we're going to meet here after the the game." And for every touchdown my boy shows a hut to his, you're going to owe us a couple of drinks. <laughs> and they were prophetic. I mean, we played the safeties deep, didn't want, uh, I think it was Bell to beat yeah. us downfield. And in that fourth quarter, that middle was wide open, mm-hmm. and Durham just killed us. Yeah, he did. 
He did. Payne Durham had wow. a huge game and was the difference down the stretch. They found that was good work on their part, on their staff's part. The defense, I thought, played very well for the most part in that game, Dan, for the Beavers. But they they made some plays when they had opportunity to, and that was a big difference in the fourth. Yeah. And, of course, on the other side of the ball, Sam got rattled. Uh, our number 84 uh, it couldn't stay, keep up with their number five. Their defensive no, Sam got rattled, and yeah. he, he, he just lost his mojo. Yeah, and we'll see about that. We, we've heard from practice today that Jonathan said they, as a staff, know who they're going to start Saturday against Hawaii, but they're not going to – they're just – we're going to find out together Saturday who that person's going to be. It, it struck me, and we had a call earlier in the week, Dan, saying, well, just based on what your eyeballs told you, it would probably be the guy that finished the game, but we don't know that for sure. And you said Sam got rattled. You, I just get a feeling a competitive – uh, savvy guys such as Noir with the moxie and the ability that he does have, he'll have better days. That was a pretty tough opener for him. Oh yeah, no, he's a, he's a great kid. I I know a lot about his background, competitor. But your first game on the road and you get hit a couple yeah. of times yeah. by one player, and you can anybody can lose it. Hey, all in all, Dan, it sounds like you're glad you went and had a good time. Is that accurate? Did you enjoy? I thought they really did a nice job with their traditions and their presentation and the tailgating scene and the students. I I thought it was a very good uh, Big Ten atmosphere. The Purdue folks were some of the best hosts I've ever had and just very nice. But I will never fly into Chicago and drive <laughs> south again. Why not? Those tolls. And- oh, and the, uh, the road construction with narrow lanes, it was a brutal drive at night. <laughs> Never again. Mm. Indianapolis but, might be a better, a better way, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, next time maybe. But like I said, the community was terrific to us. That's great, Dan. Thanks for sharing Thanks, your time Dan. with us. We appreciate that. Let's go to uh, Paul in closing on the Downward Dog phone line. Hello, Paul. Hey, Mike. How's it going uh, Hey, I'm glad you guys finally got that announcement in there about the, the golf tournament. Yeah, good. I'm glad you were able to sign up as late as you did. That's good. Yeah, so I won't be able to listen to you tomorrow because we'll be golfing. So yes. We will talk to you guys on Monday for sure. No doubt. And after the, after the Beaver win. Let's uh, plan on that, Paul. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Have a Paul. good time tomorrow. <laughs> Golfing at the uh, Corvallis Club as part of the Dugout Club's 42nd annual fundraising golf tournament. Our thanks to Dominic for joining us yesterday. A lot going on tomorrow. <laughs> a lot. And the centerpiece <clears throat> in our lives will be our first road show in a long time at the Glassman, 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany with free swag, T-shirts, hoodies, tickets for the football game to give away, certificates from the Glassman. So we hope you'll come join us tomorrow, 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany the home of the, the one-year anniversary of the Glassman's new home. Bobby Curran was great. Our thanks to Ashley Adamson for joining us on the show today. They were all... Uh, and John Beam. And John Beam, that's Laney right. From Laney College. So watch Nishan tonight against Tom Brady. Thanks for joining us. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.